What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Talkin' Buds podcast. Massive cheers to all our new subs. We are rocking and rolling right now on the YouTube channel specifically. So thank you, everyone, who for even if you take five minutes to watch the video, we love and appreciate each one of you. Even even the trolls. Even the trolls. We love the trolls too. Keep commenting. The comments just tr- drive that engagement up. So keep doing it. We love you guys. Thank you very much. We ended last week's episode teasing a special announcement on our Instagram. And if you took our advice and went and followed us on Instagram, you would know that we announced the Talking Buds Blue Jays show. We are branching out to our... I think we love all Toronto sports teams equally, but there's something about the Blue Jays for you specifically and for myself, but more so for you, you're a blue Jays diehard and you know, there's, it's a long off season in the NHL and we don't want to go away. So we thought what better way to stick around than to talk a little blue Jays. Instead of just sitting around all off season and doing our favorite thing in the entire world, dreaming up scenarios that don't exist because there's nothing else to talk about. Oh my God. If we don't, if we are going to sit here and say that we don't deal in hypotheticals, the offseason is nothing but hypotheticals. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. And if you think you hate me now talking about hockey, oh, you just wait. You just wait till I get into that bullpen. You just wait. So keep your eyes peeled on the YouTube channel for the first episode of the Talking Buds Blue Jay Show. It should be dropping in the next week or so. Um, also, We'll post a link to the new Instagram account on our Talking Buds IG. So go on and follow Talking Buds TBJ. Um, exciting things. But how many times are you gonna mess up the Talking Buds Blue Jay show and oh, just call it the Talking Buds podcast? I won't. I won't mess it up. You all? No. Yeah, I you're won't pretty mess on it the up. ball. Yeah. I, I that I won't mess up the Talking Buds Blue Jays show. Show. It's gonna get convoluted though when we start doing two instagrams and that's that's where it gets convoluted yeah a little but bit. what if you post the leaf score on the talking buds jay's <laughs> account <laughs> uh, like what the hell are you doing well man? right now we don't have enough followers on the talking buds no, jay's account for anybody no. to care well that's where you can help us out yes. so anyways moving on um the leafs win 50 games for the first time in franchise history so like where are you at with this and, and what I mean with that, it's like this has been an incredible regular season. Like this has been a historic regular season. This has been the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf regular season of all time. Yeah. How much stock do you put in that? Like, are you still of the mindset where if they go and get blasted out of the first round by the Tampa Bay Lightning? Because I got news for you, pal. It's gonna be the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Are you just is all of the regular season accolades? Are you just gonna throw it out and say I don't care? I don't know. This is a this is a tough question because yes, it doesn't. <laughs> like realistically, if they get dusted of the first, like I'm not trying to be like they need to win a round. Like I'm just real talk here, yeah. real talk between us. If they go out in the first round, you're not gonna look back and say, oh, they won 50 games. Yeah, first no. time they won 50 games. No. Like, you might look back and be like, Austin Matthews scored X amount of goals. Like, that was pretty cool. But 
nobody's looking back on this season saying at least we won 50 games. No. It means nothing if you lose in that first round. And that is the unfortunate thing. Context is king here because that is the unfortunate thing about years, the, the previous four years, is it's put them in a position where most people are going to feel that way. Like, most people are going to say, yeah, that's great that you won 50 games, but you still flamed out in the first round. And if this was maybe the second year in a row that they lost in the first round, I don't think people would feel that way. I think people would go, wow, we're on the incline. Like, it's not like it's a bright future ahead of us. But I think, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Like, I mean, you look back on it, and um, I've brought this point up before. One day, this team is not going to be competitive again. And it's and we're going to go a couple years without making the playoffs. I think then you'll look back on these years where they might have lost in the first round, but they were winning 50 games, and they were playing competitive games, getting the fan base excited for all these scenarios of winning a round or being competitive or being one of the best teams in the NHL. I think at that point in our Leaf fandom, the next time this team goes into a dark period, then we'll look back on this time and be like, you know what? It was pretty good having a very competitive team, guys having career years, breaking records. I mean, technically, the fact that this is the most successful Maple Leaf regular season of all time is pretty shocking to think about. I know there's the whole people used to tie back in the day thing, but man, 50 wins, first time in this franchise history to get 50 wins. It's pretty wild considering all the years that are up on that banner right there. It's yeah. pretty wild. Um, So how are you going to approach, if you're Sheldon Keefe, how are you approaching these last two weeks of the season? Because they just came off a of back-to-back. They play four times this week. They play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Two of those four games are against Tampa and Florida. Hmm. So are you like, no, no, we need to dress everyone. We need to win these games. We need to make sure we've secured home ice. We need to keep momentum rolling. Or are you, we need to rest guys. Like I thought that sitting Matthews for a minor injury on Sunday night is very telling. Like the guys in the midst of trying to score 60 goals and they kept him out. So that goes to show you that the organization's priority is making sure everyone's healthy for game one, which I personally agree with. Uh huh. But like, are you going to give like Mark Giordano a night off if down the stretch here, like he's dealing with some nagging stuff and you're like, I think anybody who actually has nagging stuff, because we don't know if Matthews actually had nagging stuff. Mm. I think it was just easier for them to label it as a minor injury. It might have been a minor injury. I don't know. But it was easier for them to label a minor injury because it's not like, oh, they're sitting Matthews tonight for load management. And then people are like, why are you sitting him for load management? He's on a 60-goal chase. So I think it was easier for them to point in a minor injury direction. I think any guy who does have anything nagging or an older guy who just needs some time, like Mark Giordano, because guys on the fourth line right now are getting nights off every other night. But I I, I think for Keith, these last couple games are going to be a balance between winning home ice and also, like, when Matthews isn't playing, you get to see Engvall, Mikheyev, Kampf, Kerfoot, all those guys get bigger minutes. 
And also the D pairings have also kind of been fluid as well. And also a healthy balance of getting Jack Campbell playing. Who's looked okay. I thought last night against the Islanders, he he looked good. Yeah. I actually thought he looked more like himself, Jack Campbell, against them. But all in all... He's been he's been above average. You don't feel too confident because of the performance after the new year. Plus, he can't stay healthy. Plus, everybody says he's a head case. Plus, 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 plus. Like there's a lineup of things that are negative towards Jack Campbell. But I think for going back to my original point with Keith, it's gonna be the healthy balance of giving guys rest, getting home ice, making sure you're locking in all your line combinations that you want to lock into until someone gets injured in the first game of the playoffs and all goes to hell anyways. But it's just it's going to be figuring things out while also trying to get home ice because they they never have home ice except for last year but i don't want to talk about how much weight do you put into home ice against tampa like do you think it's do you think it's a that big of a deal no i don't i I, it's this is the this isn't even about hockey this is every sport it's i i'm sure the statistics show that more teams that have home ice win more series but how much is that percentage it can't be that much I, I don't, me personally, just my opinion from what I've watched all my years of watching sports, I don't think home ice is as important as everybody thinks it is. But it could be. I don't know. But for me, I, I don't think the Leafs had home ice last year. Guess what that did for them? Nothing. I think you touched on this last week, and I think I think it matters more in certain scenarios than it does others. Like, if they were playing Boston in the first round, yeah. I would say home ice. Yeah. You said last year talking about the Bell Center. Yeah. Is anyone really that scared of Amelie Arena? I mean, you never know. I'm Half sure the people, building will be Leaf fans. I'm sure the people in Tampa Bay have, are enjoying hopping on a bandwagon here and might get a little loud at a game. And and the thing about the Lightning, too, is that when they come at you, they come at you like with goal. Like they're, they can outleaf the Leafs, they can score four goals in a period. So. I mean, I guess getting home ice is important, but the Leafs have lost a game seven on home ice. So yes. I just, I don't know. I, I don't think it really matters. This team's problem in getting over the hump, I think on the priority list, home ice, in the real priority list, home, light, home ice is near the bottom. The reason why I asked you that question is because I think if you told me what is more important, Having guys as healthy as they can be or home ice. For me, it's having guys as healthy yeah. as they can be. Like, yeah. Without question. Yeah. Um, this week's episode is centered around the next question I'm about to ask you. Okay. Is Mitch Marner the MVP of the Toronto Maple Leafs? You could make the argument. I think you could definitely make the argument. We For spend sure. a lot of time focusing on Austin Matthews, rightly so. And we all we talk about Austin Matthews as a generational talent, which he is. Yeah. But Mitch Marner's the straw that stirs the drink, baby. Oh, like yeah. he is like you watch him last night. It's so funny watching them. The reason why I wanted to ask this question is because uh, the, I noticed this when I watched them play the Islanders, and then I listened to people talk about it on the radio all day today. They're a totally different hockey team when Austin Matthews is not in the lineup. They change the way they play. Yeah. And Mitch Marner is still so 
so effective and his ability to create and make things happen. Like their record when Austin Matthews is out of the lineup, isn't that pretty good? Yes. It's, it's what I'm saying is if you lost Mitch Marner for an extended period of time, I think that would, you could make an argument that that would be a harder hill for them to climb, a harder thing for them to get over than if you lost Matthews. Let's say you you lost each of them for 10 games. Yeah. One of them for 10 games. Which one do you think would have more of an impact over that 10-game span? Well, if you want to go really technical, you would say Marner because Marner plays on the power play and penalty kill, and he's one of the most effective players five-on-five. Five. Austin Matthews scores the most goals, can win you a hockey game with just his goal-scoring ability, but only plays on the power play. Marner has more of a defensive element to his game because he's on the penalty kill. I mean, every there's a lot of this. Like, there's a McDavid, there's a Dreisaitl. There's a Vladimir Guerrero Jr., there's a Bo Bichette. They might be equal in talent or whatever, but there's always going to be one above the other in every single there's scenario. There's a Stamkos, there's a Kucherov. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's just... That's just the way it is. I think that you could There's make... a Crosby and a Malkin. Yes. Yeah. I, so, again, context is king here. So, before everyone freaks out at me in the comments, Austin Matthews is a generational talent within the NHL. But if you're looking at the Toronto Maple Leafs specifically, I think... There is a solid argument to be made that Mitch Marner is the straw that stirs the drink for this hockey team. Well, ever since he's come back, ever since January 1st, you could make the argument that he's the most dangerous hockey player in the NHL with the amount of points. He's the most points at any single player since January 1st. Yep. Like, that's all you really need to know. Like, he's an automatic two points a night, no matter what. And he's going to also do other things on the ice that is going to help your hockey team win hockey games, which is... Part of my problem with another player on the Maple Leafs, so I have to apologize. So we're going to talk about him. But uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, you can make the argument. I'm not going to sit here and and pretend I'm a radio host and be like, Mitch Marner this, Mitch Marner that. But man, you can make the argument that he is more important than Austin Matthews in certain games or over a period of time. I just think his ability to create and and like you said, how he plays, he he kills penalties. He plays on the power play. He's and he's. He doesn't just kill penalties. He's a top penalty killer in this league. Yeah. Like he's not just a guy that goes out there and chips it's in a on the definition of energy. Yes. He's just the most energy filled hockey player I've ever like on this their team. Is going to be a fascinating postseason for him because we were all myself Rewind included. Oh yeah. The tape. Oh yeah. I was You brought that up. Yeah. And uh go watch our most watched episode and, uh, of and I'm all Luke, time. But I wasn't the only but this is this. This is what made myself and a lot of people so angry is it's like you you have the ability to be one of, if not the most dynamic player in hockey. This it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to watch in a couple of weeks when when they host the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, what do you what are you gonna do? Because He's always who I'm talking about when I say if he doesn't get the time and space to create, he's not the same hockey player. Well, you're not going to get that. So let's see what you can do. But I do think somebody, uh, 
well, I'm the editor. I was just going to say somebody clip this, so I'm going to be the one who clips it. But <laughs> I'm going to go on record right now as saying I don't think that Matthews and Marner will disappear this year in the playoffs like they did last year. I, j- I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I there is there is a scenario in which I see the Maple Leafs losing this series and... It has to do with one aspect, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be because Matthews and Marner disappeared. I, when I think about Marner and Matthews in the playoffs, it just, when I was really thinking about this episode and, and heading into the playoffs, I think the hardest thing to do as a sports fan and the most boring thing to do as a sports fan is is patience. Mm-hmm. These guys look like they're entering their primes right now. But since they entered this league, the expectation on them to take this team to another level because of the way we've seen them play and the talent they have has been astronomical. But maybe it takes this many years of failure. It, it, but no, I think it's also like a personal maturation process. Yeah. Like think about think about what you were like when you were in your early 20s. Right. And like like you come into the to the to this market with this rabid fan base that hasn't won a goddamn thing since 1967. Uh. And you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. You're signing for millions of dollars. You're when you play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's not like playing for any other NHL franchise. Sorry, every Hab fan or Jet fan or Euler fan, like it's not. Mm, I don't know about the Habs. You you get it. You get a pretty rough go. Okay, in that it's town, true. It's true. Like. But it's, yeah, yeah. I know but but you're not. That. It's not the same. I, I'm sorry. I just don't believe it's the same level, good or bad. Like yeah. whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I just don't believe it's the same level of celebrity as it is here. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a lot to to sort of take in. And I think there are certain young kids that from the moment they're drafted, they just they're good. To, Sidney Crosby. Now, he didn't play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but the moment he was drafted, he was like, I'm a professional hockey player. Yeah. Not everyone is like that. No. Right? And you're even seeing that, like, you've seen McDavid struggle at times this year. I think there's, like, a personal maturation that goes on, and I think they've they've reached a point now where they understand what needs to be done. I think the thing that I feel the most confident about, and maybe I'm just seeing this, I don't know if any of you are seeing it or if you're seeing it, I just see them kind of, pushing back more physically over the past couple weeks. Well, we've seen it. We I, saw, I just see we saw. them get a little more ballsy with giving a, a guy a shove or finishing a check or getting a little nosy. I know Matthews got nailed for the cross check to the head in the outdoor game, but, man, you know, like that's what these guys, like I just feel like I'm seeing them stand up for themselves a little bit more, and it's making me feel more confident that they're more confident that they're looking at each other being like, dude, we're the two biggest but dogs in this league right now. Like, it, what are we afraid of? It's also, exactly, but they also have guys on the team, whether you like them or not, and I do think there are certain scenarios and certain games where I don't think Wayne Simmons needs to be out there, but they have guys on the team now. Uh, Kyle Clifford went toe-to-toe with one of the I, toughest I, guys in the league the other I night. I really did. And he got tagged a couple times. I really did enjoy Keith's decision to load up the tough guy line against that team. Wayne, that's the dirtiest this- most unlikable hockey and then last when night, you're watching them play. The guy on the Islanders whose name is escaping me, the giant, Simmons goes out there and he he drops the gloves with them and 
Oh yeah, that gets, Johnson. Yeah, guy yeah, or whatever. That, that, yeah. That, he, he's what, a, ha- what happened to him? It looks like he a, hurt his hand he's or something. A, well, he punched Simmons he in the back of the head while he had his helmet on. Yeah, and then Simmons, and then it just like ended. It he's was a weird. He's a. Oh, oh we got a little oh, technical studio difficult studio here. falling apart here. Um, he's a big boy. Yeah, yeah, he's a big boy. Um, anyways, so. I do think if someone wanted to sit me down and make a case for why Mitch Marner is the MVP of the the Maple Leafs, I think there is absolutely a case that can be made there. And I do think Austin Matthews' historic season has been greatly helped by having Mitch Marner on his line. 100%. I've made a list of names here, and I'm going to say them to you, and Mm. I want you to... No, don't look at the list. Don't Don't cheat. Anybody who watches this podcast, the amount of preparation that goes into this show is like we're just we don't talk about anything we come yeah no because it's gotta be yeah it's gotta be fresh i make i make a little page of notes but you and i don't discuss anything before we start recording just so don't look at the list no i'm not i would never cheat so i'm gonna say these players names i've taken i've taken i've taken i've taken three forwards three defensemen Mm -hmm. and a goalie Right. I think you can probably take a guess at who the goalie is. It's definitely not Eric Schalgren. Um, mm. I just want, I'm just going to say their name and then I want you to talk about them for a bit. Well, I want you to talk about them too. Yes, this we're going to talk, yes, right. talk about them together. Yes, we're going to talk about them together. William Nylander. I have an apology for William Nylander. I don't think you should apologize. I, 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 I think I should apologize for sometimes how far I cross the line. And this is, I don't apologize to William Nylander very often, but. Man, he has he's had a great season. Like, let's just be honest here. He's had a very good season. Is there deficiencies in his hockey game? Absolutely. Does he drive me <laughs> up the wall when he sucks? Yes. Which goes back to your point of Mitch Marner, who, even when he's having a bad game, makes it look like he's not having a bad game. Yeah. But I I I need to somewhat apologize to William Nylander because the guys had an incredible season, and since they've done what we've talked about, switching up that line, even though they've been back together a little bit, but he, he's been way better. Way better. I don't think you should apologize because I think that is what drives people nuts about him. Like, my shout-out to my buddy Johnny Green, who tweeted this to me, tweeted this at me last night. He's like a Ferrari. You take him out. And you drive him around for a week, and it's a fantastic high performance machine. Then he goes back into the shop for a month, yeah. and it's like that's that's the issue that people have with him. It's like when when the when the effort meets the skill, he's an elite hockey player. Oh, when the effort meets the skill, yes. he's he's he's, an, he's up there. Yes, man. he he's, he looks amazing. He's an elite hockey player. Yes, the effort doesn't always meet the skill. No, and that is what frustrates people about William Nylander, Pierre Engvall. Another guy I need to apologize. To, we listen. To be honest with you, man. I, we you and I have poked fun at Pierre Engvall. I thought Pierre Engvall sucked. Yeah, I thought Pierre Engvall was awful. So, uh, you Not know, good. Hey, so did Sheldon Keith. Yeah. Like, and man, he's, and, and, but they're in fairness, yeah. in fairness, to give all you geekies out there your due, how many geekies are out there being like, Pierre Engvall's a good hockey yeah, player? Yeah, yeah. And we're like, no, he's not. He it, sucks. Yeah. 
Yeah. And maybe they were right. They There was something in the writing, in the, all the statistics, reading between the statistical lines that may, that they saw that he was going to be a decent but hockey But I do player. think he's changed his game a lot. He's much more north-south now. Like, remember when he used to always get the puck on his stick and he would circle back? Like he, would, he would skate in the opposite direction and he would drive us all nuts. He, he's playing with a level of confidence right now and he's a big guy and he goes to the net. Like, the goal he scored last night, like... He's just going to the net. Pierre Engvall is the perfect example of a modern day hockey player. And what if you have speed and you can use your speed and a little bit of size, you're good, man. Yeah. He can skate. Yes. He can flat out skate. Yeah. And he and now he's figured out that he can flat out skate. And it looks like it. Mm. He's he's a date. I know he only has 14 goals, but it seems like he has a lot more than that. He's a guy who you look to score a big goal for you in, in the playoffs. The playoffs. Yeah. Yes. Um, another guy you look to score a big goal for you in the playoffs in the final forward on my list, Ilya Mikheyev. Um, Doesn't know how good he is at hockey. He has no idea. He's going to be... It's going to be another Zach Hyman type scenario where he's had a really good year and I think he's all... And some team is just going to hand him a contract in the offseason and the way the Leafs have set up their salary cap is... If a guy like Pierre Engvall is going to overperform and some team's going to come along and offer him $4 million, he's gone. You, you, know who, you know who has the same amount of points as Zach Hyman this year? Who? Alexander Kerfoot. Oh, so there you go. If, if Zach Hyman taught Toronto sports fans, not just Leaf fans, Toronto sports fans everything you need to know. You don't overpay for someone who's not special. And just because you fall in love with somebody. Doesn't mean yeah. you're attached to them yes. forever. Yes. John McDonald. Yeah. We're still pining for the Ben Revere resigning yes. yes. for the blue. T- like, yeah. Marcus Simeon. Yes. Yeah. It's like you can't overpay mm-hmm. for dudes who aren't the guys you need to overpay for. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, you know, like, yeah. Like, he'll be gone. But honestly, that guy has no idea how good he is. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. Yeah, he's unbelievable. And putting him up with John Tavares, has another made a big world dude of yes. who can skate. Yes, him yes. and Engfall are like the same player almost. Yeah, like they're just big dudes who can skate fast. That's mm. you. That can do a lot for you in 2022. Mark Giordano. I one thing I notice about Mark Giordano, I don't want to get into the whole he's a great leader. We've done all that. He is just his offensive instincts are very good. Yeah. I feel like he always knows the right time to pinch or jump into the play. I always hear Chris Cuthbert or Gordon Miller talk about and Giordano this, Giordano, because he's always just hopping in at the right play. And that goal he scored in overtime against Ottawa was the perfect example. Mm. Willie backtracks and he's just gone mm-hmm. and he makes a pass. I think his offensive instincts are massively underrated. Also a stable defensive presence back there. And he has worked out. Let's knock on wood right now. He has worked out the way I think they would have wanted Nick Felino to work out last year. Bringing in a veteran guy who elevates everyone around him. And unlike Mick Foligno is at a position that was, they needed another defenseman. So that's why it even sticks out in your mind even more because they just were so desperate for anybody who was competent. And look what he's done for Timothy Lilligan yeah, playing yeah. for him too. Different hockey player. He's just, it's just another big boy adult in the room yep. who's still competent on the ice. Jake Muzzin. 
I don't know, man. I I I, I think know, listen, listen, let's let's cut the guy a break. He uh, it's really hard to come back from two concussions. Uh, he didn't see, that's start the pro- that's yeah, a problem. Yeah, though. yeah. He didn't start even before he got the two concussions this year, he didn't look great. I think bringing in Giordano has pushed him down yeah. the pecking order on the and I don't think that's a bad no, thing. No, no, and I don't think Jake Muzzin's a bad hockey player, and I feel awful that he's had a million concussions. I don't feel good about that. Mm-hmm. But Jake Muzzin is not the five million dollar defenseman that we that we thought we were signing. And, and I'm not mean that in a negative way. It's just I, he's not a guy who you can just pencil in as a, a shutdown dude. Well, anymore. and he also has the track record of getting hurt in the exactly. playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. I know. He's yeah. just a guy who's kind of sadly been on on the injured reserve list for a while. And I don't know, man. I, I he's kind of he's kind of that weird defenseman that you you want in the lineup, but you start looking around, being like, well, he kind of had the worst game tonight. So, but he's Jake Muzzin, so he has to be in the lineup. Ilya Labushkin. Can I take this one first off the top? Yeah, go for it. You said earlier that you're noticing that they're not getting pushed around as much as they used to. I see a lot of takes on Twitter about Ilya Labushkin and how he can't handle the puck and how he can't like and all and all and, and listen, that's that's is he the most skilled guy out there? Not even no, close. No. But he lays at least one hit a game mm-hmm. that has the opposing team looking over their shoulder when they go into the corner to get the puck and the Leafs end. And if you're somebody who doesn't value that, and there's a lot of people who don't value that. We value that. Yeah. But if you're somebody who doesn't value that, you're going to get a rude awakening when we we go into the playoffs Mm -hmm. because that, it makes such a difference to the other team's psychology. And this is the problem. If I can just go off on a little side tangent here. Mm-hmm. This is the problem with with hockey fans because you've got <laughs> the one side that's like it doesn't matter. You need to have all the best pokemon that you have out on the ice. You need to have all the most skilled highest rated pokemon out on the ice. And then you have the other side where it's like where's Wendell? Yeah. We need a modern day Wendell. And yeah. it's like no, the answer is somewhere in the middle. Like <laughs> You need a guy who Where's can. Wendell? Yeah, you need a guy who can. Where's th- Tiger Williams? Where's, Get him out man, there, man. Man, if we had a guy like Ty Domi, hey, yeah, like yeah. it's like that's the problem. It's like the answer's somewhere <laughs> in the middle. You need a guy who can play <laughs> well, uh, well, who can also play oh, tough. That's funny, right? So Labushkin, he doesn't look overmatched out there. He's he definitely is in your top six come game one because he plays like that's what he brings. He brings a physical presence. At least once a game, I notice him run a guy over yeah. or crunch or, somebody or on the boards the net. or push, give some guy a shot out front of mm-hmm. the net. And I think that that they didn't have that on their defense last year. No. They have a bunch of small puck moving guys. And so I'm not saying you need to have a bunch of those guys, but it's nice to have one of them back there. I My quick scouting report on Ilya Labushkin is I think he's underrated at handling the puck, not in his own end, but I think he, I think there's an underrated offensive ability in there. His skating back to get a puck in his own end while somebody's on him is atrocious. Like he, he's very slow. Yep. But again, what you just said right there, all that gets overridden because of the element that he brings that no one else 
really bring. Yes. Or that he kind of started here. And listen, we, they've got stable guys back there. They got Brody. They got Giordano. Like, they yeah. got stable guys back there. But they don't, like, th- those are smaller, again, smaller guys. Yeah. And he's a big boy. Yeah, he is. Who will run people over. Yeah. And that's, they haven't had that. No. It's underrated. No, it is very underrated. Last guy before we can get out of here. Um, you know you know where we were going with this. Have we talked about anybody more no. on this podcast? Well, this I wasn't going to let us get out of, of uh, without having even like a, a small goaltending discussion. Have we ever talked about anybody else more? Uh, so, Jack Campbell. Um. I have no idea what you do with this guy because I don't know where he's at. Like, is he 100%? Is he not 100%? So if he isn't 100%, then I'm like, okay, well, maybe let's rest him over the next couple of weeks. If he if he is 100%, well, maybe you want to get him in there and get him more reps and get him back into the swing of things. I don't know. Like, they've got, they've got two games, four games this week. Tuesday night against Philly, I'm going Shalgren, Okay. Thursday, Tampa, Campbell. Saturday, Florida, Campbell. And then who they play on Sunday? They're, they're going to have to eat a loss. Who they play on Sunday? I, the Capitals. I don't Sunday, care anymore. Capitals. I don't care who they play anymore. Shulgren. I, I, I think they're going to eat one of those losses in Florida. Well, it's going to be to Philly because Philly's the worst team. Okay. I, this episode, I've really tried. Next Tuesday against the Red Wings. That's an L. <laughs> okay. Actually, the Red Wings are are the worst defensive hockey team in the world. But so, but and now I lost my track of thought. You were saying um, what should like you were saying they're they're gonna have to eat a loss. Okay, yeah. no, 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 no. I know exactly. What okay. and it's a doozy. Yeah, I'm okay. glad I remembered it. Okay, Jack Campbell makes me think very long and hard about the Leafs playoff run. Are the Leafs going to win a cup with Jack Campbell? I don't what is think the so. I I earlier I alluded to if even if the, Jack Campbell is playing at the ability, maybe not the start of the year, but playing at his ability. Can Ryan, they win I'm a very Stanley cup with Jack. Campbell? Ryan, I'm very worried that if they can even win around with See, Jack. See, that's Campbell. what I mean. Like it, it's just this is where I'm at now. It's like yeah. if Jack Campbell gives you the type of performance he gave you last year in the playoffs, you could win around. Yeah, but. Bigger picture here, which to me, like, let me ask you this right now. What are your expectations for this team in the playoffs? Like, if they went around, is that a success for you? Because for me, it is. Uh, uh, yes, I think. For me, around yes, is success. Yes, yes. I think I think if you, I think if you win, first of all, it won't just be winning around. It'll be eliminating the two-time defending yeah. Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. So, like, like they're going to make a friggin' DVD about that. Like they're they're gonna put out like like all these leaf uh, yeah. documentaries over yeah. the years, and none of the men with a cup yeah. win. This will be another one. Just where it's a couple like, jobs, and then they won them. a single round. Yeah. But in all seriousness, yes, I do think like it. It'll so, be is winning a round a success? That's basically the question. Yeah, the answer is yes, and especially if it's against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But the I, I am very nervous if they can pull that off. Because of Jack Campbell. And that's what I write back. Jack Campbell, is he good enough to win you around when he's playing well? I think he is, but I don't think he's good enough to win a Stanley Cup. That's how I feel about Jack Campbell. So, but what about what about the Jack Campbell we saw earlier in the season? That was fake. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> that was weird. 
That was beginning of the season weirdness. I don't know what that was. <sighs> okay. Well, I, I pray that that guy comes back. Hey, yeah. it's in there. We saw it. Yeah. It's in there yeah. somewhere. I just don't know if it's ever coming back. We've seen it from a lot of people at one point in their careers, and for a lot of them, it never came back. Well, we've got a couple more weeks to discuss that as we um, head towards the playoffs. Exact same way I ended last week's episode. Um, at least, at least they play a couple like Florida, yeah, but Tampa, dude, look, Washington, so, like, get my blood boiling. Yeah. Tampa, Florida, Washington, Boston. Watching the Leafs play the Capitals is very entertaining. Yes. Like it is, it gets my hate watch on. Mm -hmm. I kind of turn off my Leaf negative blinders mm -hmm. and I turn on my Leaf fandom. And yeah. I just, then I'm just a pure Leaf fan yeah. whenever I see them play the Bruins, the Lightning, or the Capitals. Well, only six games to go. And then this regular season that seemingly will never end. Will oh. come to an end. This is this feels like the longest regular season of all is. time because it, it is because it is yes because <laughs> it literally is yes it is. But we'll be back and uh, keep your eyes peeled on the YouTube channel for the first episode of the Talking Buds Blue Jay Show. Really looking forward to that. Thanks everybody for checking us out. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate it. As always, if you're listening to the audio version. Hit that follow button. Leave a little five-star review. Every little bit helps. Keep the comments coming, too. We love all the comments. We love hearing what you guys think. If you want to call us idiots and roast us, call us idiots and roast us. Yeah. Oh, like, we're, we're down. Go for it. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the podcast about broadcast. Every week since 2016, we've been bringing on broadcast leaders to talk about their experiences in radio, what they've seen, and where they believe it is all going. If you live and love radio, subscribe to the Sound Off Podcast with Matt Kundal wherever you get your podcasts.